Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, it says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Uh, this this phrase, uh, the phrase the just shall live by faith is a phrase that's used, I think it's in uh, Galatians chapter 3, Romans chapter 1, uh, Habakkuk somewhere, Habakkuk chapter 2, I think it's mentioned. Uh, the just shall live by faith. And this scripture here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. The New Living Bible, this uh, translation says, uh, for we live by believing and not by seeing. Uh, the message says, it's what we trust in, but do not yet see that keeps us going. I like that. It's, it's what we trust in, but do not yet see that keeps us going. Is there anything that's keeping you going this morning or this evening? Yeah, there should be. The Weymouth says, uh, for we are living a life of faith and not one of sight. Uh, the Amplified, I like this, the Amplified, it says, for we walk by faith. Notice we regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our conviction or belief, re- belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things with trust and holy fervor. Thus we walk or live not by sight or appearance. I'm going to read that again. It says, for we walk by faith, we regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our conviction or belief Respecting man's relationship to God and divine things with trust and holy fervor, thus we walk not by sight or appearance. Uh, I want to talk a little bit tonight about walking by faith and not by sight. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things out there that would try to get you to, well, there's a lot of people, people live their life by a lot of things. Uh, live their life by a lot of different things, a lot of different uh, uh, values, a lot of different things that um, people look to. And the scripture is very important. You know, it's important that we find out what God's word says and, and put that into practice in our life. And as people who are in relationship and union with Christ, uh, how we live our life shouldn't be the same way everybody else lives their life. We should live our life differently. And it said the just, or it says that we'll live our life by faith and not by sight. Most people live their life by what they see, by what they're senses tell them by what uh, they recognize in front of them. Really, it is the pattern uh, that most of the human race goes by, and it's something that we are trained to do from a young age, is to see what's going on, uh, evaluate it, decide what that is, and then make a decision based upon it. And so we're trained from a young age to, to do this. But you know, uh, some of the training is good, obviously, in practical things, that's great. But, but as a life approach to how we conduct our lives, that's why I like the way the Amplified says that. It says... Um, we regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our conviction or belief. That's living by faith. We regulate or conduct our lives based on our convictions, our beliefs. And so, uh, there's, like I said, there's a lot of things that we can look to, but really we should be living by faith and not by sight. Of course, we know how faith comes. Faith comes how? Hearing the word, right? By accepting it as truth, putting it into practice in our life. And so faith comes by hearing. We continue to hear to strengthen those things, to renew our mind, to train ourselves to think in line with God's word. Because, you know, as your thinking goes, so does your believing uh, goes the same way. And then, and then, of course, your living will follow right suit behind it. The truth is, everybody is living according to what they believe. And yet some people, the thing they believe in is what they see. For many people, that is where their faith is. That is where their trust in what they can see. And so there's a lot of things we can put our trust in. One of the things people do is uh, uh, put their trust in emotions. 
How many know emotions came come from God? God himself has emotions. He, he's not stale or, or stagnant. He also has emotions, you know. And so he created us with these things. But, you know, we shouldn't live our life by, by emotions. Anybody ever lived, lived a moment in your emotions and lived to regret it? Anybody other than me, right, where something came up, some situation, and your emotions uh, wanted you to react one way, and you yielded to it, and you lived at that moment, uh, according to those emotions, didn't turn out so hot. So uh, your emotions can get you in trouble if you're not careful uh, when they don't line up with God's word, but um, we're not to live our lives by emotions. We're not to live our lives by opportunities. You know this, you know, not all opportunities are good opportunities, uh, we're not to live our lives by, by, the, by the paycheck, by what money would say. No, we're to live by faith and not by any of those things. You know, uh, like I said, there's a lot of things that would try to uh, cause us to move one direction or the other. But, you know, it's important that um, we keep our eyes solely on God's word. It is the only thing that's stable in life. You know, uh, thinking, I asked Amy to make sure I had my, my terms right. You know, when you're flying, and um, especially as you get your instrument rating, you've got this uh, device in the plane called the attitude indicator. Wouldn't you love to have an attitude indicator? Would you like to have an attitude indicator that everybody else could see? Uh, probably, probably not the best thing, but your attitude indicator, uh, especially as you're, you're learning and, and getting uh, your, your training done and, and uh non-visual flight rule situations where you're going by your instruments, uh, your senses can tell you one thing that isn't really happening. There have been many people who plash, uh, plashed, have crashed planes, got the words uh, mixed up there, uh, have crashed planes uh, because they thought they were going in a certain direction. Maybe they thought their uh, pitch was one thing. They thought the pitch is your axis of the airplane of the nose, whether it's up or down. They thought their pitch was, was actually climbing and they were actually going down. You know, when you're in the clouds or in a storm, uh, it, it, what seems right oftentimes is not right at all. And you can be in almost in a free fall, a dive, and not even realize it because of thrust, not aware of the fact that you're not going up, you're actually going straight towards the ground. And how I many know that's not a good thing if it's not done properly? So um, your, your attitude indicator will show where, you, where your pitch is. It also shows your yaw if you're left or right, and your rudder controls that. And so it's important that you learn to go by gauges if you're going to get your instrument rating so that your visual uh, indicators of visual clues don't get you off course or get you into danger. And sometimes it's clear, you can see. Now, under visual flight rules, VFR, you can actually get in a plane and, and fly and go somewhere and, and look. We used to like to get in the plane and, and, and just, we flew over the church or flew over people's houses. We were creeping on you and fly over the house. What, what's that? Yeah, we go, to, go out to Cedar Key and watch the, the sunset. You know, it's been a while since we've done that. It's kind of cool from the air, you know, flying. And, and when, when there's no clouds out, when there isn't anything clouding your vision, you can do that. You, you know, you know if you're going down or not. You can, you can tell because you can see. But the moment a storm rock comes through, you know, is the moment that you're, what you are looking at may not be as trustworthy as you think. And Jesus said, in this life, you're going to have tests and trials. And another scripture says, when the storms of life come, the person who built their house on the rock, it was solid, the one who wasn't. But notice, it wasn't if the storms of life come, it's when the storms of life come. And so when opportunities or things come your way that would try to uh, get your attention, going by what you can see, even though it may be your first uh, inclination or something you rest on, if you don't develop uh, an ability to look at your attitude indicator, look at what the word would say, you can very easily get yourself into trouble. 
And so any person that has lived successfully for God has, has actually fulfilled their God's plan for the life and, 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 and done what he's asked them to do and really experienced the blessings of God has learned day in and day out, no matter what it looks like, even when you think you see what is correct to make sure you're lining it up and getting in line with, with faith. You're letting your faith, your belief in the Lord Jesus and what the word says, the faith that you're receiving through the word, you're letting that thing direct and control the path that you take. It is of the utmost importance that we do that. It's not a recommendation. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. And you know, one of the things that I like to do in, in different areas is to take a step back and, and, and analyze it in this area. Is there an adjustment that needs to be made? A course correction. That's what you would do in a plane. You, even though you think you know what's going on, you're always checking your instruments and checking these things. Are there adjustments? Well, in areas of your life, you know, it's important that we take a step back and make sure that we're living our life according to what we believe in God's word. Like I said, everybody, I believe everybody, I, I look at it this way. Everybody really is living according to what they believe. It's just what is what you believe stable or not is what you believe stable or not. So we're actually talking about stable beliefs, uh, beliefs that come through God's word. And so uh, a couple of things I just want to look at tonight, and I think it'll be a help to us. Now, uh, one of the things I think that, that uh, 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 an example here in the scriptures that, that I oftentimes think of, because this individual was named after me, uh, speaking of Peter in the Bible, get it named after me, um, in the Bible, you know, where he was walking on the water. You can look at Matthew, the 14th chapter. And uh, this is just a quick little reference and, and something we can see here. But uh, in Matthew, the 14th chapter, uh, we're going to start in the, um, well, we'll just start in verse 22. It says, immediately Jesus, this is, of course, after the feeding of the 5,000. How many think that was a pretty epic event to be a part of? And I think all the guys that were there, all the disciples were pretty pumped up and uh, ready to take on the world, you would expect at least. And in the 22nd verse, it says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, and the, for the wind was contrary. You know, oftentimes, if we're going to obey God, we're going to live our life by our faith in the Lord Jesus. We will find ourselves in places where it gets a little windy. And, you know, you, it's, it's unwise to evaluate whether or not you're in the will of God based upon what's happening around you. I've been guilty of doing that before, and I'm sure you have as well, but whether it's windy or not really doesn't matter is if what did the Lord tell you to do? And I would say that oftentimes if you're going to be obeying God, you're going to experience some wind. The truth is, even if you're not obeying God, you're going to experience some wind, but whether the wind is there or not doesn't mean you're not in the will of God or not doing what God asked you to do. But in this case, you know, they were going to the other side and they're out in the middle of the sea and, the, and the, they were being tossed by the waves for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth, verse 25, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were troubled saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. It's, a, it's amazing how quickly we can forget uh, the great things God has done, the things we have seen when a little wind comes up. Verse 27, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. 
Uh, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if, it, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. When Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Notice he's walking on the water to go to Jesus. Verse 30, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased and uh, those who were in the boat came and worshiped him saying, truly you are the son of God. They were just figuring this out. So uh, a great thing happened in this story that's always been an amazing story to me. And, and, and we look at this and people have criticized old Peter for, for doubting, you know, but truly Peter is one of the few people, he's in an elite club of water walk. Anybody seen the YouTube video where this guy claiming to walk on water? A couple of heads are nodding. If you haven't seen this, you've not watched YouTube. There's a guy on YouTube that claims you can, he can walk on water. It's just a big hoax. But anyway, there's only a few people who've actually done this. Jesus, Peter's one of those. And, and uh, the, 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 as the, the, the story goes, he gets out on the boat or gets out of the boat and he's walking on the water, but he sees the wind. He sees that the waves are big, sees that the wind is boisterous. And so at that sight, fear enters into his life. He has a command. The Lord said, come. He stepped out on the water, but when he saw the waves, he began to sink. Well, you know, he was, before he saw the waves, he was still walking on the water. But what he recognized, what he saw caused him to not be trusting in the Lord to get his eyes on something else and his faith began to wane, correct? And so we, we talk about this story oftentimes and it's something that is a, 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 a simple thing that is often exemplified or, or referenced and something that Lois Toucher said that has always stuck to me. She said, you know, the enemy can't plan your defeat, but he can plan your distractions, and like I said, if you're going to obey God, things are going to uh, get your attention and try to get you out of the will of God to try to get you off course. And so you must keep our eyes on the Lord and continue to walk by the things that, that the Lord has showed us, the things that he has taught us. And so it's a quick example that, that we're all familiar with. But as I was thinking about this, the Lord wanted me to kind of led me over to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. You can turn there with me. And um, just for a minute tonight, just to look at a few things here. Now, Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the uh, chapter of faith, the hall of faith. I know when we were in Bible school, uh, we took a lot of classes, obviously, on the subject of faith. One of them we spent uh, almost the entire class, uh, uh, whatever the term was, on this chapter alone. Spent a lot of time looking at this chapter. And um, there's a lot of things here that can, that can be seen. And how many know these things are written down and recorded for our benefit now that we can look back and see this and, and not make some of the same mistakes they did and learn from some of the things they did and, and pattern our lives after their faith? And so uh, this chapter is, is the book of faith and the hall of faith. And one of the things I think that happens a lot of times, we see these people as heroes and, and forget that they were real individuals just like you and I. These were people with emotions. These were people that had opportunities and had uh, things that were coming their way and presenting themselves and wins, so to speak, that would come against them, that it would have been very easy to get their attention off what the Lord had told them to do and to get off track. But they're in the hall of faith. They're listening here because they walked and lived their life according to faith. They conducted themselves according to what they believed in God and didn't let anything else distract them. And uh, so I just want to look at a few of these tonight. I think it'll be a help to us. Uh, we'll start in verse 1. It says, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by the elders obtained a good testimony. Now this is not just a good testimony with us. This is a good testimony with God. And you know, when, when, when all is said and done, that's what you want. You want a good testimony with God. 
Now, we know that we're, Scripture and verse is not being uh, written. They're not adding new books to the Bible today. And if anybody tells you they have a new book of the Bible that, that you need to add, you need to run from that person and uh, not listen to them. But I do believe heaven is recording things and, and writing down uh, uh, the book of Acts, so to speak, is continuing on in heaven. Things are being recorded. And uh, these individuals obtained a good testimony. And likewise, if we will uh, conduct ourselves according to what we believe and not what we see, we will uh, have a good testimony as well with the Lord. And uh, one of the things you'll notice with a lot of these folks, uh, they made some mistakes and things happened, but it's an overall principle of their life that they conducted their life according to what they believed and not what they saw. Not, that, not what was presenting itself to them that got them this testimony, this good report uh, with God. It says in verse 3, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Now verse 4 it says, Now faith, by, or by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, uh, Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. Now, this first one that's listed here is uh, of Cain and Abel. And, and um, you know, this, we, we don't have a whole lot of information about uh, the life of Cain and Abel as far as the things leading up to this. You know, and I went back and looked as far as uh, the sacrifice that they were made. And, and there isn't a, from what I can tell, a very specific where Cain missed it, where he didn't, uh, uh, what was specific, a specific problem with the sacrifice. We do see here that the, the sacrifice that Abel made was done through faith, whereas Cain's was not. So that right there in and of itself, you know, pastor said this morning, if it's not something, whatever is not done in faith is sin. And uh, so obviously Abel's sacrifice was made through faith, but, but Cain's was not. And so one was accepted and one wasn't. But in Genesis chapter four, it gives us a little bit more information about this. And, and we're talking about living our lives according to what we believe and not by other things. Now, it says of Cain and Abel, as far as some background on this, what happened in verse chapter 4 of uh, Genesis. Now, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. And she again, uh, and, and she bore again, this time uh, his brother Abel. Now, Abel was the keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that, that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flocks and of their fat. And so we can see here that living our lives based upon what we believe is important in our everyday life, even our offerings to God. Now we're talking about this, this is the, one of the first individuals listed in this hall of faith that obtained a good report or had a good testimony with Lord, the Lord. This was something concerning their giving, but really it was concerning uh, how, the, how these two viewed God. Everything in our life that we experience really goes back to our relationship with God and how we see ourselves in relationship with him. How we see our relationship with him, how we see him, how we see ourselves. And you see a difference right here between Cain and Abel. Now we know that what Abel did was in faith and what Cain did was not in faith. It says that in Hebrews. But it says here that, uh, that Cain just brought, a, brought an offering whereas Abel brought of his first fruits. Now, it doesn't say that the Lord had already instructed them on, on how to give or what to give, but obviously there was something in Abel's heart, whether the Lord had already told him or not, there was something in Abel's heart that recognized that God was his source. He looked, looked to God for who he really was. He didn't just look at God through human eyes. He realized that this is God and he deserves my very best. That is a represent, representation of someone who has a heart after God. 
So the very first person listed, you can see their faith was evident in their approach to him. If you go on reading, you know, uh, uh, what happened here, the next verse and the Lord says, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering verse five, but he did not respect Cain in his offering. And notice it says that Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Like I said, the first example we have in Hebrews 11 chapters really of their approach towards God, their faith in God, their, their recognition of who God was in their life. Abel was open to hearing instruction and even correction if it was necessary. Cain wasn't open to either. Cain wasn't open to either because when the Lord came back, notice there wasn't a, a judgment sent on or, or pronounced on Cain because his offering was wrong. The Lord came to him and talked to him and, and about it, and Cain got angry about it. He had a chance to respond any way he decided to, but his attitude towards God, his love for God was evident in how he responded. Verse six, so the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do do well, sin lies at the door. Even now, Cain had an opportunity to make a decision. But what you have is you have one person that already made a decision to live their life in faith towards God in the very first, in the very foundational part of the life to recognize that God was the authority of what was going on and the authority of their life and the one they were going to worship and look to and prefer. Abel believed that, Cain did not. And so Abel's was, was accepted. Cain's was not. Of course, you know the rest of the story. Uh, Cain ended up, you know, killing Abel. Uh, but, but time does tell of the fact that Abel's sacrifice was accepted and Cain's was not. But that is an indication, first and foremost, that what Cain or Abel did was in faith because he honored God. He had a heart towards God. You know, really, if we're going to go forward, all of us are going to need or at times need some instruction and correction. We're going to need some advice. We're going to need some direction from the Lord that may not be what we think is right. We might think we have a better idea or there might even be times where we think what the Lord's telling us isn't really necessary. We might think that we, what we're doing is good enough, but really it's a reflection of your heart. And then the attitude of your life, if you are walking by faith, if he tells you to do something, you're going to be quick to do it. And we talk about different subjects and, and you know, as a, as a minister, and I'm sure pastor would say the same thing, when you get on different subjects, you can see people oftentimes bristle at certain subjects. When things get brought up, they bristle or back away or it gets them ruffled a little bit. I call that a little bit of a Cain syndrome in our life and we're all guilty of it at times, but it's something that we need to be on, on forever watch and looking out to make sure there's not a little bit of Cain in us. Not, we want more Abel and not just Cain in our lives because there are areas in all of our lives that'll cause us to bristle and what that is, that's an area that is not really yielded to God. It's not, it's an area where we're not living by faith in what he's told us to do. Or not living in faith of what he's going to tell us to do. You know, sometimes we, we make honest mistakes just because we don't know better, but we must always stay open to the direction of the Lord. Must always stay open to him continuing to develop and fine tune things in our life. That is a reflection of faith towards God. And if we're not, it is a reflection of rebellion in our heart towards God. 
And how many know that that's not a good thing? And so we want to make sure that we uh, are always on the watch for those things and not giving in to them. So Abel and Cain, Abel, he did it through faith. There was a respect for the things of God. There was an admiration for the things of God. There was a yieldedness to the things of God. And he gave God his very, he brought the first. Pastor's been talking about giving and receiving and talking about tithing, bringing the first fruits. Listen, if that ruffles your feathers, Get unruffled and get in line with God's word, right? You want to make sure that we are being obedient and, and have our heart correct towards the Lord. Verse 5, it says, By faith Enoch was taken away, so that he did not, did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. Uh, for before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Notice the first one, this person had, a, uh, uh, had a, obtained witness that he was righteous, had a witness before heaven that he was righteous, and this one says he pleased God. Both of these first two instances are about people's personal walk with Jesus. Something that Jim Hockaday said years ago, I don't know where where he was, where he said to me, remember Jim, that was here a while back. He said that if we'll use our faith and our relationship with God first and foremost, all of the other things will be taken care of. Faith for finances, faith for healing, faith for this or for that. If you're approaching your relationship with God in, a, in an attitude of trust and openness to the Lord, he will work all of those things out in your life. Are you believing God to grow in your relationship with God? Tonight, are you believing God to hear something new that will encourage and strengthen your relationship with God? If you're pursuing that and exercising faith and trust that his word is light, it is something that will help you, you'll grow. And all those other areas will fall in line if you'll do that. It's not by accident these two are mentioned first. It says of Enoch that, that he, uh, uh, he pleased God, verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Uh, the message of this, I love the way it says it. It says that he, uh, it's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to, to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. That is a personal, both of these are personal heart conditions or attitude towards the Lord. And our faith is what determines, what we believe is what determines on these things, whether we're obtaining a good witness, a good report, or we're pleasing him. Faith is so important in eternity, it's so important in our, in, our, in our pleasing him. And so these two are listed, Abraham, or Enoch here, he believed that God was and that he cared enough to respond to him. When you really believe that God cares enough to respond to you, then, then you will begin to talk to him. When you, care, when you believe he cares enough to respond to you, you'll actually approach him then. Right? And so Enoch, in a time when others weren't getting this, he believed this and he obtained, uh, uh, he pleased God and he was taken he was caught away because he believed God cared enough to respond to him. And so in our lives, you know, we, we need to make sure that we're fostering this attitude of faith and pleasing God by faith, by knowing that he exists and he cares enough to respond to us. You know, and that, that really, if you think about it, a lot of times we, we think cares enough to respond. So I'm going to talk about the things I need. What about, what about other areas of our life responding to him? You know, our prayers are vital in every area of life. Our, our, our pursuing the will of God and the kingdom of God, its advancement in the earth, he, he cares enough to respond to your prayers. He cares enough to respond to your requests and your stand and the things that you are, are going after. 
And so always be continuing to be moving forward and pursuing for more and pushing for more and endeavoring to grow in these things. And so we see here that faith, that by faith, Enoch pleased God because he saw that God was a rewarder. Verse seven, by faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, but which he uh, uh, condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is according to to faith. Notice, by faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear. This is someone that, that was warned of things that were coming even though they didn't see. He obtained a good report. He's, in, he's listed here because what he believed, what the Lord told him, he acted upon it. And so we're talking about living our life by faith and doing things according to what we believe. And, and there are things, there are warnings in the scripture about our lives that we should listen to, that we should pay attention to, that we should, that we should uh, uh, prefer and actually trust and act accordingly to it. You know, there's a lot of warnings in Scripture. There's a lot of warnings in Scripture, and that's one of the things personally that, that I've been looking at in my own life and, and, and studying personally, just looking at th- these things to make sure that I don't fall short in anything and make sure that I'm, I'm reach- and meet- meeting the mark and not letting something creep in and cause there to be a problem there. In this particular case with Noah, he was warned of something that nobody else had even heard of yet. But it saved Noah and his entire family, his entire family. And it wasn't just a one week thing. It was something that took years to pursue. I will say this, where you're at right now, whatever it is that, that, that the Lord has asked you to do, whatever he's warned you of or instructed you to do, listen, don't let time dictate whether or not it's happening or not, or whether, whether or not you're in the will of God. Don't let time be the thing that tells you whether you're right or not. Whether you're right or not is whether you're obeying what he told you to do. We are so time-focused. I say we, myself included, we are so time-focused on things. And had had Noah been time-focused, he might very well have missed out on what God was telling him to do. Lord, how long has this taken? I haven't seen any of this. I've not even heard any of any, any of this. Nobody knows what else. Nobody's heard about this. No one, there's no indication this is going to happen. You may remember the old uh, group David and the Giants? Some of y'all, some of you old folks, sorry. Dave and the Giants had this song, you know, talking about Noah. And I remember that song as a kid listening to it. And in the, in the background, the song was playing. It had people mocking Noah and making fun of Noah. Like I said, a lot of times we think these are just guys. These are people who had to live with this stuff. I mean, friends, family, neighbors, people that he valued their opinion were mocking him. And yet he believed something. He, he had heard from the Lord. He believed something, and he continued to press, continued to obey, even when there was no sign of this thing happening, even when everybody else was telling him, you're nuts. He continued to do what the Lord told him to do, what God instructed him to do. And that very, that very act of obedience is what rescued his entire family. I would say this, don't put too much uh, stock in what other people say sometimes. Don't put too much stock in what other people say. I know several years ago, uh, Amy and I, the house we're living in now, we've been there, what, eight, nine years, something like that, which is shocking for me because we always had the two-year and sell policy. We'd stay somewhere two years. How many of y'all love to move houses? 
Shame on you. So anyway, uh, we, we would buy a house, you know, stay there two years and we'd sell it. And then we'd get it. We'd move into a new house, stay there two years and we'd sell it. We did this house after house after house. So, uh, I remember going, thinking where we are now, we've been there for way longer than I expected us to be, but it's been good. Uh, when this house came available, uh, I don't even remember now the details of exactly what happened. Oh, it was Stephen or Leslie had called me. One of the two had called and said, listen, a house just came up on the MLS or whatever, MLS, right? And uh, there's been some kind of problem with it, and it should have been listed a long time ago, and it hadn't. You need to go look at it. Go look at this house. And I hadn't even seen the house yet. On the inside, I just knew that's your house. Hadn't even seen the house yet, hadn't even looked at it. I just knew on the inside that's your house. And so I drove out to the property. I remember that when we first pulled up to the property, the sun was going down. I'm, I went out there first by myself, and, and I called Amy, and I said, hey, uh, Leslie called me, or Steve called me, one of the two, and I said, they told me about this house, and so I'm standing in front of the house. She told me when I called her, when I said I'm standing out in front of it, she knew in her heart, that's our house too. She just knew it. That's our next house. Hadn't even seen it yet. Well, you know, it, it, there was a long story about how this house had come available. Well, this was right at the time when the market was crashing. Remember that? You know, the market was going down, and we had been in our other house right at two years, and the, 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 the housing market was in the state of free fall at that moment. It had just, panic had just broken loose. And um, so this house, you know, had come available, and, and the, the seller was a bank-owned property. It was a repoed house, and so the, they had had some problems with the head, how they had listed it, and so they wanted to sell it quick, and they were only interested in somebody who could do it immediately. How I many know that if you're not in the market to buy a house, you necessarily don't have your finances all in order to just go out and buy a house? We hadn't called a bank, hadn't even looked at how we could do this, hadn't even been on the radar, got a phone call later that afternoon. I'm standing in front of the house. I knew it was mine, but I also knew they needed money right now. And so I, we just knew, well, that the Lord has told us this is our house. And so just felt impressed. We borrowed money from Amy's parents, borrowed money from my parents. We, we tapped out our line of credit on our house. I would not recommend anybody do this. The market is crashing, it is, it is diving, and, and we're borrowing up to our eyeballs anything we could borrow. We're borrowing everything we can find, and we paid cash for the house. So we, we're not looking to sell a house. It's how I many you know you've got to get a house ready to sell it, especially if you've got little kids running around, right? You've got to do a lot of stuff to get it ready. So we had things because they tear everything up, right? All the parents say amen. So um, if it can be broken, they're going to find a way to break it. So we had stuff we had to fix, and, and, but... The, the market every day is losing seemingly thousands of dollars on our house. And we needed top dollar for this house. We needed the very max for this house. And I'll say this, there was a brand new uh, subdivision being built with our exact same houses in it that were selling for less brand new than what we needed for ours. Now, it's not, not typically the recipe that you would want to do. I know afterwards, Stephen had told me it was all said and done. He said, had you not told, told me that the Lord told you to do it, I'd have told you you're crazy. But I had heard from the Lord. He told us, that's, that's your house. There were people in this church. They're not here any longer, but we got rid of them. No, they left on their own. But there were people here in this church at that time. I remember one individual that laughed in my face when I told him what we were doing. I told him the Lord had told us to get this house. He laughed in my face and said, you're going, you, you're, he said, yep, you're going to cause your family to be living on the streets, something to that effect. I mean, not, not the most encouraging word from your brother and sister. You know, sometimes when you hear from the Lord, when the Lord has told you to do something, you got to obey it regardless of what anybody else says. And I just said, nope, God told us to do it. We're going to be fine. And I'll be honest with you, it was, how, how many months did it take us to get everything worked out? Do you remember? 
it wasn't real long. It was more, it was like two or three months, something like that. I mean, I, I could ask Pastor Angela. She would know. She knows everything. Uh, it was several months. It seems like it was closer to six months, but two or three, maybe four months. I don't know. She'll, you can ask her later. But um, uh, it was several months in that the market is continuing to crash. It's continuing to get lower, yet we've heard from God. You know, more than the Lord uh, being pleased that we have a new house, he was pleased by our faith in that time. More than anything else, he was pleased with the fact that we had heard from him, we trusted him enough in that situation to just simply obey him. And I'm not saying, oh, look at me, I get a big pin on my shoulder because a few years ago the Lord told me to buy a house and I told him no. I missed it on that one. <laughs> but uh, he's given me another chance on that. But, um, uh, you know, it's important that we uh, stay open to these things. There will be things the Lord tells you to do that may not make a lick of sense and other people might not even like it. Other people may not, may not understand and may criticize you for doing that. But if you've heard from the Lord on it, you have to be willing to trust that. You have to be willing to step out and obey what he's told you to do. Now, if he hasn't told you to do something, you could lose everything. But you have to obey him. If he instructs you to do something, step out and trust him. All of these people that you look at, they were willing to take a step of faith and to step out beyond themselves. They were willing to do that. The reason why many of us don't go further is because we're really not willing to take a step beyond ourselves because our faith isn't as much in God. Like I said, another house a couple years ago, the Lord told me to buy. It was a big jump, and I told him, I think you got the wrong Anderson. I don't see how that would work. I don't see how we could do that, and we just missed it. I'm willing to tell when I, when I make a mistake. That one, that one kind of scared me a little bit, so I didn't do it. But, you know, we can make a pattern in life where, where if we're not progressing, if we don't have uh, uh, opportunities where God is instructing us moving forward, if we're not challenging ourselves, you can grow stagnant and really you're living by faith in yourself and no, not really living in faith of God. I'm not telling you buy a house. I'm not telling you to do something crazy. I'm telling you to obey what God's word said, obey what the Holy Ghost tells you to do. He'll never can, uh, go against what his word says, but whatever he tells you to do, you've got to be willing to obey obey that. There are times, there are th things that, job situations that, that the Lord would tell somebody to do this or do that, but because they really, they're looking at the numbers more than they're looking at his word or what he's instructed them to do, they can miss out on what God, the blessing, the advancement, the influence he's wanting them to have because they simply were not willing to really trust him. They wanted to trust themselves. And so Noah here uh, is someone that despite other people's objections, he trusted God. Verse 8, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. We think, oh great, Noah left, or Abraham left somewhere. He was 75 years old. Most people aren't leaving everything they know at 75 years old. There was a reason why Abraham, God made a covenant with Abraham. He just simply trusted God. He just simply trusted his word enough, like 
Abel, he recognized he was God. He recognized and valued his opinion, his instructions, so much he do it. And just like Enoch, he, he, he sought after, he knew that God was a rewarder of those who seek him. He knew from their examples, he moved, he responded. And when, when the Lord told him, when God told him to leave where he was and everybody knew to leave his father's house, he did it. Back Why? Because he trusted God. See, this is a lifestyle. I'm not talking about individual events. I'm talking about a lifestyle approach to how we do things. A lifestyle of how we do things. Listen, on the individual things, if, if, when we make it, when we miss it, listen, God's grace is there to help us get, to get over those things and correct those things. If our general approach and heart towards God, our faith in God, if we're living by trusting in him, if that is the approach of our life, he can get us to where we need to be, even if we get something a little messed up, Right? Even if we get involved and mess something up somewhere, he can still get us where we need to be if our overall heart towards him is what it needs to be. Abraham left where he was. It says in verse nine, by faith he dwelt in a land of promise. Notice he was even in a land of promise. He dwelled there as in a foreign country. Abraham was even somebody seeing even beyond the time he was living in. He was in a place where the Lord had, he was in the place where God had promised him, but he wouldn't even make a permanent home there because he saw there was something more for him. There was a thing, something was greater coming. He said he dwelt there as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city, which is foundations, whose builder and maker is God. I think this is mentioned because this exemplifies the heart, our trust in him to live for more than just this life. Enough faith to live our life in such a way that we're pursuing something more than just the 80, 90, 100, 110, whatever years that we're here. I was talking to him the other day at the gym and he was, he's like 75 or 76. And I said something, we were talking about somebody that we knew that we're talking about a guy that went skiing. It was on, I don't know if anybody saw this last week on the news. He turned a hundred years old. So he went snow skiing on his hundredth birthday. And I thought, man, that's awesome. But I told this guy, I said, I don't know that if I want to be here when I'm a hundred, I mean, I, I want to get my work done and be gone. If the Lord tarries, I don't know if that I want to be here at 100 years old, but if I am, I'm going skiing. So, and so he said, you know, I don't, I don't know that I want that either. But, this, but Abraham at 75 years old, he was living a life, even when he went into the sun, he was still living a life beyond his 75, 85, 100 years. He was living from something that was to come. It was affecting his daily life. It affected what he valued. It affected where he was putting his time. It affected where he was putting him down his roots, where he was anchoring himself in. You know, people, a lot of times their homes are their identities. They're wrapped up in who they are. That's their, their safety blanket. He wasn't even willing to do that. His safety blanket was what was coming. There's a reason why God could trust him with a covenant that would lead to Jesus, that his seed and, and us being of the faith of Abraham, because Abraham had such a faith. He was not even willing to live this life based upon this life. He was willing to live it on the, what was coming. So he said, this is a lifestyle. What are we living our life for? What, what are we looking towards? What is it that, that we're, what is the overall, when you think about life, are you thinking about more than just this life, Right? 
And so Abraham was thinking about that what was coming. He was, it was, he was listed. He had a great testimony with God because of this. By faith, verse 11, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Notice she considered, that word judge, she considered him faithful. We're talking about a life of faith. What has God promised you? What is the things that the word promises? What are the things that the desires of your heart that you know are godly and from him? Don't let circumstances talk you out of them. Don't let circumstances talk you out of them. She judged God faithful. She received strength to conceive a seed and bore a child when she was past the age Listen, even when something seems dead and lifeless, when there seems to be no possibility, if you have God's word on it, don't give up on that thing. Don't give up on that thing. I'm talking to some people and I don't give up on that thing. There's, there's no life there. It's not even possible. Don't look at what you see. Don't look at what you see. What's the Lord said to you? What's the desire of your heart? What are the promises of God in this area? What has he said? You can have that very thing if you receive strength to conceive. If you don't let that thing die. She received strength to conceive because she judged God faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, uh, verse 12, therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky and the multitude, uh, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. These all died. Of course, talking about heaven here. These all died uh, in faith, not having received the promises. And talks about uh, about about uh, the heavenly hope. Verse seventeen: By faith, Abraham, when he t- was tested, offered up Isaac, and who and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Now it mentions this again about Abraham that he offered up Isaac and he who had and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son of whom it is said in Isaac your seed shall be called notice concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from which he also received him in a figurative sense this gives us insight into into how we do these things that he concluded that God was able to raise him from the dead, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. In the deadness of Sarah's wound in his own body, this promise was made right. He knew that in this situation, even if Isaac dies, God can raise him up. So one of the things that, that's important in our faith, in a walk of faith, every time you have, a, a, when you see God come through, learn the lesson that's attached to that. Learn the lesson that's attached to that. Oftentimes, and I've been guilty of it before, is believing God for something, God come through, and me, and me only seeing the answer as the end of the lesson. He could have seen Isaac as the, that could have been all that, I, that Abraham got out of that, that God provided his son. But he knew there was a lesson here. He saw that God can create something out of even death. He can make something li- alive, right? There's a greater truth behind every victory that you have. There's a greater truth on everything that God's done for you. There's a greater truth there. The house just isn't your answer, right? Just a healing in your body isn't the only answer. That's not the end of it. There is a principle there that you can learn from. And someone who's living by faith, they're looking for those things. They're they're examining these things and looking for these things in their life. So when the next thing comes up, they're faithful to respond. 
they're faithful to respond. That's how he can take us from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from victory to victory. Right? Learn the lesson in those things. There's so many in here that are so good. Uh, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. That's all it says there. But do you know the story about Jacob and Esau? What a mess. What a mess. Esau should have gotten the birthright. Jacob tricked him. Actually, Esau didn't care enough about it in the first place. Jacob took it and then tricked him later to get the blessing. By faith, Isaac. It says that bless Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. You know, one of the areas of faith that requires our faith is looking from generation to generation. That requires faith. I mean, if you're going to really be able to impart into your children or those who are coming up behind you, if you're going to be able to really impart things in them, you've got to believe that the God who's seen you through them will see them through as well. Even though you know their humanity and know their shortfallings, just like he knew yours, he still saw you through. Right? And, and, it's, and, it's, and it's interesting that this lit is listed, it's short, it's just mentioned just shortly. But this is something we have such a need of today, is faith in those around us, faith in God towards the people that are around us from generation to generation. There's been so much uh, uh, back and forth about generational things, and I tell you, I'm personally just sick of it. Who's faithful to one generation will be faithful to the next generation, God is faithful. He does not change. And if he saw your knuckleheadedness through your, your teenage years, he'll see your kids through it as well, right? But you can either respond through things through faith or you can respond in fear. Whether they're grown or whatever it is, don't respond. Don't be moved by fear. Don't be moved, but moved by what you see. Continue to stand and trust God because the same one that was faithful to you will see them through if you don't lose heart. We're talking about a lifestyle of faith, an approach, uh, an approach in life of faith in your life, right? I mean, the greatest, my greatest responsibility are my, my children. That's my greatest responsibility is to train them up. It's the greatest responsibility I have on this earth while I'm here. I've got other responsibilities, but first and foremost is my children to train them up in the way. Listen, they're not perfect, but I'm trusting God. He's faithful to get them through. Isaac here is listed because he knew God was faithful. Listen, God's plan was accomplished through Jacob. Even though he was a deceiver, God's plan was accomplished. Even though he was a, how about having a name that means deceiver? That was his name. Talk about a raw deal, right? No wonder he was a mess. That was what Isaac named him, a deceiver from the beginning. But I tell you what. Jacob, who God later named Israel, did accomplish what God had called him to do. He was listed. He was, kind of, he was listed here because he lived his life by faith. Even in death, he was living by faith. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of his sons, the sons of Joseph, and worshiped, leaning on, his, on the top of a staff. Several of these have got to do with family. This one's got to do with family. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph. Each of the sons, some of the sons of Joseph were born while, while he was in Egypt and didn't even, and Jacob didn't even know he was alive. Do you think there was a pot? Now let's think about their humanity for a minute. Do you think Joseph had the, the there was a temptation to believe the influence of these Egyptians may not be good for, 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 for these kids? Do you think that was there? 
Yet he still blessed them. He still declared God's goodness. He still declared what uh, 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 blessed each and declared the blessing upon them. He worshiped, leaned on his staff. By faith, Joseph, verse 22, when he was dying, made, an, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instruction concerning his bones. Even in that, Joseph was living by faith, could see what was coming. You know, sometimes we see things that are coming. We see things that are coming. And you have an opportunity to be moved by what you see coming. Get in fear or continue to live your life by faith. Right? I mean, we live in a time where there's great darkness. And people talk about there. there's darkness all around us. We can see what's coming. We can see the general condition of the earth. You have a decision to make. You can either live in fear about tomorrow or you can trust God. Because no matter how dark it gets, it doesn't affect what the light does. The light, when it's on, still shines and it still strives out the darkness. It just means the darker it gets, the better the light looks. Right? But the minute you start living your life, even amongst those who are coming after you by fear and not according to your faith in who our God is, the minute you do that, you begin to short circuit or really give the darkness more credit than it has and begin to limit the ability of the light of God to do what it needs to do. Because he's limited by our faith. He's limited by what we're willing to trust in. You have to continue live a life of faith. Live a life that's full of faith. It goes on, talks about Moses. It talks about, I've been talking for a long time. It talks about all these different ones. And you can read these more yourself. But I want to read this to you in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. I'm going to read this. I'll let you get there. Hebrews chapter 10. Now, I don't know anybody else, if you've ever read Hebrews 11 and looked at these people and just thought these are just stories and these are just heroes, but you forget about their humanity. Imagine what Joseph was facing. I mean, think of, the, think of Joseph. He knew how the Egyptians worked. He knew how their society, if anybody knew the Egyptians, it was Joseph. They had locked him up. They had thrown him in prison. They had lied. They had done all kinds of, he knew the Egyptians. He knew what was coming. He still knew God was better. He still knew God was faithful. He still knew God could do it. He, can, he, could, he even knew, listen, when the time comes, you move my bones, you take my bones with you. Don't leave them in this place. These are people who had real lives. Just like you have a real, they face the same stuff you face. I like the scripture about, about uh, you know, Elijah. He was a man like us, right? Tempted just like we are. These are people that were tempted to, to doubt, just like we've been tempted to doubt, just like we're tempted to not believe, just like we're tempted to react in fear. Right? I wonder how much of our lives, things, the decisions we make are really wrapped up in fear. Pastor this morning talking about giving. People who don't give is because they're afraid. It's, it's, it's a response of fear. Let's be honest. That's what it is. Right? It's, it's a reaction of fear. We short-circuit the blessings of God because we li- we're, we're living by fear in that area and not just simply trusting God. What would, what would life look like for each of us if we just lived with reckless abandon, whatever he told us to do? Now, we know it was God. But what about even our approach hearing from God? We approach that in faith that actually can hear his voice, that actually I know when he tells me what to do. You ever been in a situation where you think the Lord's telling you to do something, but the what if starts playing? Well, what if this? What if that? I've been there, right? What if we got to the place where we just responded to him 
and trust we actually heard his instruction. That what he told us to do, we actually heard his voice. Because after all, he said we would recognize his voice. And quit playing the what-if game and just simply obey what he tells us to do. What would your life look like? What would my life look like? Let's be endeavoring to get to that place, amen, to continue moving forward in those things and pursuing those things. If you want experiences with God, have them. Just have them. I know this is separate, but, but like Enoch, do you believe he cares enough to respond to you? Do you believe the word that if you seek him, you'll find him? Do you believe that? If you believe that, well, then just have your experiences with God. What if somebody doesn't like it? Who cares if they like it or not? I can almost guarantee somebody won't like it that you had an experience with God, right? I can almost promise you that's going to that's happen. We tell the teenagers, you know, if you go after God, if you look for God like you do your cell phone, when you lose it, you'll find him, Right? You lose your cell phone, brother, you're tearing that house apart. If you'll tear your life apart looking for him, you'll find him. But you only do it if you believe he's there. You know why I tear the house up? Because I believe that the thing, I can see the locator on the iPhone locator. I can see it. I can see it's in my house. I'm going to tear that house apart, right? It's somewhere in this house. I'm going to find it. Well, you have his word. You know that he's there. Find him. That's a life of faith, If you're not finding him, it's because you don't believe that he's there. Right? You can have as much as you want. Enoch walked with God and was taken. Nobody else was. He did something nobody else was doing. Didn't didn't have a covenant with, wasn't born again, wasn't in union with Christ. None of that stuff. He just believed, God, I can find him. I believe that he exists. I believe he's a rewarder. Ooh, that's faith. That's faith. Can you do that? It wasn't a rhetorical question. Can you do that? Yeah, you can do that. God will respond the same way to you. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 says, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Verse 37 says, yet for, a while, uh, yet, yet for yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but anyone who draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Verse 35 though, says, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, and after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. You know, in our life, whatever it is, that, that where we're at, no matter what we're facing, Don't cast away your confidence. Don't cast away your confidence. Continue to trust in him. Continue to go after him. Continue to pursue him in these things. Continue to pursue him living a lifestyle where you're open. Live that lifestyle. Live it where you're open. You're looking. You're you're wanting to grow. You're wanting to pursue him. You're wanting to do these things. I tell you, if you'll do that, the sky's the limit. Just do not cast away your confidence. I'll say this. If the Lord has told you something specific, don't cast away your confidence in that area. If he's promised you a house, get your house, right? If he said something about your family, you believe that for your family, right? 
Don't let somebody else talk it out. Don't even let your past experiences talk you out of it. Don't cast aside your confidence. Maintain your confidence in God is faithful. It has great reward if you'll do it. Amen? There's so many different things we could talk about and, and look at, but we'll stop with that. Praise God. God is good. Amen? Hallelujah. A life of faith. It's exciting. It's exciting. Woo! We should be having testimonies all the time about what God's doing. How he's directing us and leading us and moving us forward and how he's showing us things. We should be growing in these things. Happening every single day, more and more. If he's not, get on board. If he's not showing you things, if you're not growing in these things, just get on board. He's right there. It's a matter of looking your attention from one thing, the things that are seen, what's felt, how you feel, and just shifting your attention to what his word says. What, what is he telling you to do? It's just that easy. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.